Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Please be advised that this episode of Between the Presets contains material that may be unsuitable for younger audiences. If that is an issue, please listen at another time or on headphones. Thank you. Hello. It is Monday evening, the first few hours of the 14th of Tavis, or Tevit if you use um, Sephardi pronunciation, December 25th, which is, of course, a national holiday of Christmas. Although it is a holiday I do not celebrate, I avoid shopping today and any civil holiday wherever possible because even if somebody is um, forced to work in a store that has been kept open, I like their workload to be as light as possible. I remember when I was a kid, the they, the blue laws, the laws uh, mandating, say, closing stores on Sunday, closing them on major holidays, etc., we're far, we're far stronger. Almost all retail stores that weren't absolutely essential, like drug stores and maybe uh, some grocery stores, closed on Sunday. And then they came up with the civil libertarian argument that, hey, if I own a business, why can't I stay open uh, on, say, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Fourth of July, Labor Day, what have you. So now what one has is a situation where, say, on Black Friday, which I absolutely detest, I do not like being compressed, pushed, and jostled in uh, crowds of people insanely uh, competing for uh, discounted merchandise. I'll buy it online. But it has gotten so absurd that somebody who is stuffed and tired from eating a Thanksgiving dinner is told that they have to show up at work around midnight so they can be ready for the Black Friday crowds. So, what is freedom for the business owner to open whenever he wants becomes uh, the compulsion of a worker who, uh, say, works for a retail store to show up because nobody wants to be the only store that is closed. Everybody is afraid of giving their competitors the edge. Uh, we Jews, of course, have our own blue laws. C- 
closing our stores for Shabbat, closing them for Jewish holidays. And in Orthodox Jewish communities, there is a very strong uh, peer pressure to, of course, keep one's business closed on Shabbat, which starts Friday night and, of course, ends Friday evening, Friday, late Friday afternoon, and ends Saturday night. Then, of course, there's the internal pressure. I, I could not even imagine, unless it's due to a danger to human life, uh, going for a car ride on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon. And my attitude as a Jew living in a Christian country is the same attitude I have towards my married friends. I, I myself am also married. I celebrate my wedding anniversary when I do, and my friends have different wedding anniversaries. And I'm happy for them, and I celebrate my family calendar of birthdays and anniversaries, and they celebrate theirs. Um, Henry David Thoreau, uh, in the 19th century, I think it was he who introduced the expression marching to a different drummer. I'm paraphrasing his quote, but he said, um, if somebody uh, is marching out of step, it is perhaps because they hear the tune of a different drummer. And... Uh, living in New York, uh, one experiences that. You go onto certain blocks. Um, it might be a Chinese neighborhood where they're on the Chinese calendar and celebrating a Chinese New Year, which is coming up. Or neighborhoods with a larger population of Muslims. I used to live in a neighborhood where... Um, uh, Five times a day, you could hear the sound of a uh, of a mosque of the call to prayer, and then you have uh, Orthodox Christians who are on the Gregorian calendar, and although they celebrate uh, Christmas and New Year, which are both actually historically religious holidays, New Year's also yes, they celebrate their Christmas, I think, 13 days later, because they are on the Gregorian and the Julian, my, I correct myself, the Julian rather than the Gregorian calendar. So, living in a predominantly uh, Christian country, I become more aware of these, um, basically, difference in people's scriptural and calendric uh, traditions. We have a practice in Judaism of every month uh, blessing the new moon. Um, not long after the uh, new moon becomes uh, easily visible, we sight it in the sight the new the new moon in the sky and say a blessing over it while it is in ascent, while the moon is in the uh, 
half of the month in which the moon is getting larger. We have uh, generally until the, about the 14th of the Jewish month to um, say this blessing. Uh, I cut it very close because of uh, forgetfulness and because of cloudy weather. And so I blessed the moon last night. And there are various laws of how visible must the moon be. If you can see moonlight behind a cloud, but you can't see the form of the moon, then uh, that's not okay. But you want the clouds to clear at least for a short time so you can see the moon and say the say the blessing. So we had a couple of days of cloudy weather yesterday. And uh, I blessed the moon in the wee hours, not in, not in the best of circumstances, but I was grabbing the opportunity while I could. And uh, I felt very relieved that I had um, grabbed an opportunity that very easily could have slipped outside of my grasp. But it occurred to me, what about the cloudy nights when I could not bless the moon because I could not see it. This kind of made me reflect upon uh, situations in life where um, it's an overcast day or an overcast night, uh, and we don't say that the sun is not there. We don't say that the moon is not there. We say that it is hidden. And not only that, but the clouds that prevent us from saying a blessing also bring rain. We have blessings on flowering fruit trees. And these blessings are possible because of the clouds which sometimes obscure the moon and sometimes obscure the sun. But it's a beautiful thing to be able to look up at the sky and have an approximate idea of uh, what day in the Jewish month it is. Uh, that's why at the beginning of every podcast, I like to mention the English date and uh, the Jewish date, or actually in reverse order in the uh, the Jewish date and then the English date. On a uh, more serious and troubling note, I was uh, looking on YouTube at uh, World War II history, and I found a uh, prominent video, a video of a prominent Nazi named Martin Bormann, uh, recalling the end of World War II, the Allied victory and the German surrender. And in 1945, of course, there was the young people of Germany, that is people like 15 and under, had no memories of living under anything but Nazism. And there were stories he said of thousands of 
young Germans who, when they heard that uh, Nazi Germany had surrendered, went outside with their weapons because some of these young people were uh, pushed into military service in the last days of the war. And they shot themselves in the head, shot themselves in the mouth, uh, killed themselves. Because to them, when their uh, leader, uh, Adolf Hitler, may his name be erased, was uh, dead and their Third Reich was no longer in existence, there was nothing to live for. And apparently, uh, Martin Bormann, uh, he decided he wasn't going to do that, as I guess many Germans did. And uh, he eventually ended up becoming a um, Catholic priest. That's another story. When people's belief systems collapse, some people don't survive that. Some people sink into despair, suicidal despair, and other people... Uh, seek a new and more durable truth. Uh, why do I mention that? Because today, with uh, war in, uh, on Is in Israel and on Israel's borders with Lebanon, with um, Gaza, we see the bitter fruits of an educational system has weaponized its youth. Where the schools, television, radio, are all geared towards uh, creating martyrs, warriors, uh, people whose entire existence is geared towards destroying Israel, Israel not only the state, but every single Jewish man, woman, and child. They have summer camps where, you know, kids 10 years old and under even are um, trained to use weapons and trained as to who they will kill when they get their hands on those weapons. And we saw that on October 7th, that is what happened. Unfortunately, we do not have to look across the ocean to see the weaponization of education. And I would, of course, include the news media and uh, the movies, etc. in under the heading of the educational system. When a person goes home and they turn on their television and um, they uh, watch whatever sitcoms, they watch the uh, cherry-picked news put out by the main news media, mainstream news media, they are basically reporting for voluntary indoctrination. Now, an American child may nine and a half, ten months a year, minus uh, various vacations, go to school five days a week, through, uh, Monday through Friday, uh, for formal schooling. 
Um, how much time do they spend on their smartphones, which often aren't so smart at all? How often do they spend in front of the television? Um, probably well over twice that, maybe even three times. And um, what values are they getting? Traditional religious values are under attack. Envy is cultivated when, um, I hate to single out a political party, but when the Democrats um, perpetually harp on income inequality and, um, you know, the, the rich are the source of our problems, uh, and... Um, Economic envy is cultivated as a uh, political weapon that has its fallout. Now, you, there are plenty of instances of irresponsible wealthy people doing bad things with their wealth, maybe uh, keeping their workers in um, subsistence conditions where they can barely get by. But it is equally true that these same wealthy people who have the potential to create problems often create solutions that they don't even get credit for. And then uh, the idea uh, of basically cultivating racism, uh, in my personal way of thinking, Racism is a human condition of which we are all capable. There, There is the well-publicized white-on-black racism, and there is also black-on-white racial hatred. There is also anti-Asian, black-on-Asian uh, prejudice against uh, Spanish-speaking people. With all of the different ethnic groups in the uh, American population, the configurations of um, racism and prejudice are really uh, kind of endless. Back in the early 2000s, I remember uh, one of the uh, cultural icons of that time was Barney the Dinosaur. I think the beauty of Barney the Dinosaur was he was a big, friendly, cuddly dinosaur. He was purple. And I remember coming home in a bone-chilling rain. It must have been just a couple days before Christmas. And I remember I was coming up my street and a uh, very tired-looking black woman was coming the, from the opposite direction, and one of her kids was crying. She was clearly laden down with uh, presents for Christmas and all that, and her kids were stressed out, and they were crying. And her little girl was wearing a Barney the Dinosaur raincoat, so, my son looks at 
the uh, Barney the dinosaur raincoat and he says hi Barney want to come out and play and something clicked in that little girl who had been crying and she just got a big smile on her face and um, uh, it, it just kind of broke the spell of weary negativity and the mother was so grateful for that little uh for that for that break and it was cute how a purple dinosaur just brought about that ray of moonlight through the clouds and uh i i'll never forget there, there there's a certain mentality of parental solidarity where you know in the best of circumstances you see it on on playgrounds or on the street where people recognize these common universal themes of parenting and um, i think we need more barney the dinosaur moments times where through the through the medium of, say, a purple dinosaur or a yellow lion or a cartoon cow or duck, we see reflected our common humanity. I could talk about a purple dinosaur named Barney leading us, leading us out of the darkness of class conflict, but Barney... Donald Duck and all of the other uh, cartoon characters are human creations. They're projections of our humanity. So we should uh, look at where our cultural icons are leading us. Where do we want to go? Where do we want to be in one year, two years, five years? It is up to us. Are we going to allow ourselves to be shaped by a weaponized educational system, a weaponized uh, popular culture? Or are, are we going to reach for something better? It really is up to us. I wish all of my listeners a blessed week. We're counting down towards a new year on the civil calendar and I wish that there should be peace and blessings for all. Thank you and have a blessed week moving forward. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com. Thewinterriders at gmail.com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous, and closely resembles adios in Spanish.